Welcome to The Socialist. This is Keegan Call, your host, and let's welcome back Hunter Ells. Hunter, how are you doing? Glad to be back. Glad to be back. I missed it with the Thanksgiving um, podcast last time. I'll have to release my list sometime. Yeah, we, we thought food would definitely get Hunter here, but you know what's, <laughs> go- you know what's going to get him here? Today, we are doing Taylor Swift Albums Ranked. So this is our first ranked edition of our pod, uh, our first podcast. We did top 10 NBA players of all time. Uh, last week, we did tears for Thanksgiving food, and today we are ranking all the Taylor Swift albums. Uh, we are going to be discussing all nine albums, and to clarify, the re-released albums we're including with the original versions, uh, we are not including the holiday album or any live versions. So any Swifty fans that are like, well, there's actually like 15 albums. All right, we're, <laughs> we're gonna stick with the basics. Uh, full disclosure here, at least me, I'm not gonna come out and say I'm a 10 out of 10 expert as a Taylor Swift fan, but I love Taylor Swift. I'm totally with you on that one. One of the, the greatest songwriters of all time uh, just blown away all the time, just with the quality she comes up with and the, just the sheer influence. She's just, she blows me away all the time. I love the drama behind her too. <laughs> like something has to keep the content going. Like she needs, she needs something to, to be able to produce these amazing songs. I know it's, I mean, when she started, uh, we'll get into it a little bit, but I mean, did anyone in your wildest dreams imagine that we, our third <laughs> podcast, we'd be doing a Taylor Swift podcast? Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, let me let everyone know. Uh, no Taylor Swift music will not be played. Will be played during this podcast because it's really expensive to do that. So Hunter has agreed to sing four different <laughs> songs tonight. No. Oh man, I wish I could sing like I used to. Puberty ruined me forever. Well, you never know. I might, I might hum a couple tracks just to give our listeners an idea of the song. Get your ukulele out, like you talked about with me earlier. That's true. I, can, I really can play a couple tunes. <laughs> but uh, let's cue our techno music. Thank you, Wesley Brown, again. The socialists. Right, we are back. Nothing screams techno like Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, so again, there are nine albums. We're going to start from her oldest album and work our way down. Uh, I'm really excited about Taylor Swift. She's a very versatile artist. It's not the same thing either. Is one thing I really like. And... I just wanted to share a handful of facts about Taylor Swift and like, like why we're doing Taylor Swift. Like, and here's why Taylor Swift is going to be one of the most iconic artists, songwriters of all time. If she, she already is already, but you know, 20 years from now, well, maybe she's still making music then, but uh, <laughs> she's iconic. Uh, just to give a little background. She, I look at her as almost like an underdog. I like the underdogs coming in. Uh, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, you know, sixth round draft pick. Uh, you know, Taylor Swift, you know, comes into the music scene not with like the greatest vocals in the world. Uh, and then you can just see over time in her albums, she just gets better and better and she just tackles different genres. So here's some fun facts about Taylor Swift that I love. She's credited as a writer for every single one of her songs, either as the main writer or co writer. She's the youngest to win a Grammy for album of the year. She has 11 Grammy Awards, tied for most ever. Or, excuse me, three Album of the Years, tied for most ever. She has 32 American Music Awards, most ever by an artist, surpassing Michael Jackson. Every album has gone platinum. She's sold over 50 million albums. 
Uh, all did you did you have fifty yeah. million? I had a hundred and fourteen million. You know, I have so many sources up; it's probably wrong. Uh, let's go with one hundred fourteen million. Uh, all too well in blank space made the Rolling Stones' five hundred best songs ever, which I think is a horrible list. But we'll get to that later. And then uh, lastly, she's the top-selling digital artist of all time. So yeah. this I'll is not. That. Yeah, I mean, she's not just some hunky dory, you know, country gal. <laughs> like she's iconic. Anything to add there, Hunter? Just about the sheer greatness of her. She knows how to. She knows how to print money. Basically, uh, I can't remember if it was 2019, but she was making a million dollars a day. Jeez. Between album sales, merchandise, concerts, um, appearances, like un- unbelievable. I just, yeah, absolutely crazy. Well. Let's go ahead and start with her original album, which is her self-titled album, Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Where does that rank amongst the nine albums for you? So I, I have it at number five for me, which I think for people, especially when I was talking with my wife about this, because she's a huge Taylor Swift fan, um, even more than him. She was kind of like, yeah, that a number five, like that's really high up, like that's like right in the middle, and uh, I, we can even talk a, a little bit more about that after you share where yours is at. Number five. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fitting that we start with it first because it's last place of my nine. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh I, wow. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why do you like it so much? Okay. This is this is why I... The reason why I put it high, there's a couple things that I kind of put into account when I was ranking these different, these different albums. So number one would be like the quality of the songs. Two would be like the diversity. Like not all the songs are the same. They, they have that variance. Um, I think of impact as well as like sales. And so Taylor Swift's first album has six million, you know, has a a lot more sales than some of the even newer ones that are out. Um, but I just felt like with all of the songs that were, that were there, I mean, Tim, Tim McGraw, Teardrops on My Guitar, Should Have Said No, Our Song, just some very catchy songs that really well just springboard her career. Um, that was just extremely, extremely impressive. So that's why I have it. Um, so high, even in the middle. And, you know, I was thinking and, and talking with my wife that the demographic for her first couple albums were con- more country as well as like young female teen. This is definitely her most country album, wouldn't you say? Very country, mm-hmm. very country compared to, to a lot of her other stuff. Um, but I, I mean, what an amazing start. One of, one of the, best-selling albums that she has what's your favorite song on it so for me i really like our song very catchy very poppy cute cutesy um and should have said no those two for me are really are really good i i enjoy the both of those here i guess just there's not a lot of memorable songs in here for me personally like if we were ranking all her songs I don't even know one song and make my like top twenty-five. I can understand that. Uh, now, to be fair, I'm not a huge country fan, so th- there's probably a little bit of bias there. Uh, you know, her most country album. Uh, I mean, it's fair to say uh, this is when she's the least talented of her albums. The vocals just aren't as strong. Because obviously, I just know everything about vocals. I'm just a killer singer, and I just know all about it. <laughs> but uh, my favorite song is Teardrops in My Guitar. I think that's probably a lot of people's favorite song on this album. Very good. Very good. But nine, Nine's a hot take. I think uh, that is an outlier opinion, I feel like. You think so? I think so. But you know how to keep it spicy, so... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm being a little mean, but yeah, how many Taylor Swift song 
puns can I drop through this pod? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I have a whole playlist with every Taylor Swift song. And when one of these songs comes up, I usually skip it. I see that. I can get that. Uh, I, I just, I just, I don't know. That's okay. And especially like, you know, if you're, if you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I really like country. And this is, I mean, it's a really big country album. I mean, you have Tim McGraw in the album, <laughs> Yeah. you know, for her. And so... I, I can understand that that preference and, and that idea. So, fair enough. All right. Anything else to add before we move on? No, not for me. All right. So to recap, I have it at nine, last place, and then Hunter, you have it at five. Five. Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying yeah, about average. Well, the middle. Let me clarify. I don't hate this album. <laughs> Like, You're worried that the Taylor Swifties going to come after you? Yeah, like, <laughs> if I was giving it a grade, I'd give it, like, a C plus. Ooh, mm. did I just ruin my clout there? Oh, that might hurt you. <laughs> well, how about you take us into our next album? So, second album, Fearless, um, came out in 2008. I have it at number four. I have number four on the list. Man, this is going to be a fun pod. I have it at eight. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. Why? Okay. I don't know how you're going to make arguments for some of her later albums. I just, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I can't see it, but I'd love to hear it. So here's what I'll say. I sing along to many of these songs, but for me... I guess the album doesn't speak to me as much just because it's more of a teeny bopper song. Like, teenage girl, like, he wears t-shirts, I wear sneakers. <laughs> there you go. See? I told you I was going to sing. I was waiting for you to come out with it. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's probably the most overrated album. Uh, I think... I think this is probably the first time people got exposed to Taylor Swift was this album. Is that fair? I don't know if her, she really made the big stamp on her first album yet, but then when this album came out, it was really she was really hitting the scene globally. Uh, just some songs everyone knows. Uh, you Belong With Me mm-hmm. is probably one of the most well-known songs ever. Uh, Love Story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Breathe is another good one. Mm-hmm. obviously there's lots of good ones 15 on there forever and always i think i don't know about saying like this is where she had that mass impact quite yet um i think that would come with her next two albums maybe just uh, more like i knew that, who taylor swift was like okay. as a like a household name yeah that's fair i think i mean this is one of her best-selling albums of all time yep one album of the year if i'm not mistaken right yes and mm-hmm. i think I mean, we could argue of like, wow, it's just, you know, overrated and stuff. And I can, I can see that perspective. I just feel like, and, and I can understand this view because this goes along with the, the Taylor Swift album is that I think one thing that impresses me a lot about Taylor Swift is her ability to adapt and also just target like the innermost feelings of her target market and her niche. Mm-hmm. And so that target market and niche is like, like young teenage girls and the stories and the experiences that they would go through. Like, I think if you, like you asked my wife, like for her fearless is like number one, no doubt, undisputed best ever. And she felt like every single song on there, as well as her friends that she grew up with, like this just spoke to them so deeply. Like this is a part of them that they'll carry forever. Um, and I, I think when you're coming in as, as a guy and be like, yeah, you know, I wasn't just, I wasn't really feeling it. Whereas a lot of the guys start coming in around red 1989 reputation where they start to be like, yeah, I can, I can get along with this and I can vibe to this a little bit more than, than fearless. So, and so I even had a hard time of placing fearless. I was wondering if I should put it higher than four. Um, but that's kind of my argument for it is that it was the pinnacle of the niche she was speaking to. And there isn't a more perfect album that could speak to her target audience than this one. And the influence of that shows. No, I really like you saying that, you know, you know, 
with like your wife and her friends. Uh, let me also add, uh, Amber, my wife, is a huge Taylor Swift fan. If she, you asked her her number one artist all time, she would say Taylor Swift. Uh, she's touched Taylor Swift's hand at a concert. Oh, wow. So she Has still- she washed her hand since? No, she still hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just music in general, I think for, at least for me, when I hear certain songs that I've heard at certain points in my life, it's almost like it takes me back to that moment or those feelings. Mm-hmm. So fearless for many people, I can see why it takes them back. And so that's why we should also add fearless as a re-released album. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you know, added some new songs that she originally had cut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's songs I like, uh, again, the, for me, it's just, there's songs I'm not as excited about, sure. but I totally get, you know, the, the feelings and connection of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the big thing going for why, depending on who you ask, why this one would be so high versus not, um, uh, yeah, phenomenal. I mean, I mean, one of the songs is 15, right? Like this was for like 15 year old yep. girls back when it was, <laughs> it came out and, and, and totally spoke to that because let's see, my mom, my wife was born in 1995. So yeah, she was around like 13, 14 around this time and even listened to it after that because Taylor Swift was on like a two year cycle. And she's like, I just, this speaks to me like better than anything. Mm-hmm. anything else so i think that impact was you know huge sales huge you know diversity of songs like you have these ones like you know you belong with me you know breathe fearless 15 love story all just i think really really cool yep this one was released in 2008 uh so i was in eighth grade so i, I definitely was full on in the center of the scene of when this came out <laughs> uh it's worth mentioning i'm gonna mention i we've already touched on it but i love taylor swift's adapting and adjusting to different genres that's why i yeah. think she's one of the greatest artists of all time she's not a one-trick pony mm-hmm. she's not a one-trick white horse eh. no. stretch 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 <laughs> sometimes i gotta be fearless with these puns so yeah you do but uh this is where she starts incorporating a little bit of pop into the second album. I'd say the first one's the most country album. And now this one is, it's definitely country, but you're starting to see a little bit more pop influence come into it. So uh, to recap, I have this one number eight of nine. Mm-hmm. And then Hunter, you have it four? Four. All right. Anything else to add? No, no. All right. Uh, worth mentioning, uh, one artist in there, uh, Colby Callet. I like some of her stuff too. She's great. She was in. She was in Utah. She performed at a, at a little theater like a couple of months ago, which was kind of fun. Colby right. Callet. Well, would you like to speak now about the next album? I would. So, I put "Speak Now" at number one, actually. Yes, Hunter. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have it at number two. but Okay. I can respect that. I can respect that. I love Speak Now. It is the most mm-hmm. heart-wrenching, cryptic album maybe of all time. I love it. You can examine all the lyrics. It's savage. I love it. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that one. I just feel like every time... like I could just random shuffle this whole album... And I would be happy with any song that came up and would sing along with it. And it has that diversity of these different songs. Just like you said, like, um, I'm super impressed with Speak Now. So I, I, for, that's why I put it at number one, just for sheer of like every single song on the album, super high quality. You could sing with, you enjoy, it's memorable. And so for me, that's why I put it at, at number one. I think it's underrated too. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, trying to be like the hey, this one's overrated, this one's underrated, but this one is super underrated. I I don't think people think about this one as much. Yeah, I can I can see that as well. I, this is when she started to kind of get into. I mean, she started to get into pop, but I just think I mean, Haunted was like punk rock, you know, mm-hmm. like. 
And that was super impressive. You have this little, you know, country girl that just had her acoustic guitar to then seeing Haunted and it had violins and cellos and electric guitars and she's rocking out. And I get chills every time I hear Haunted. That, that one's my favorite song on the entire album is Haunted, which may be a, a, an underrated pick. There's so many songs I love on this album. Uh, I think, let me go on a little tangent. I think Dear John is one of the most just savage songs of all time. <laughs> uh, here's another reason I like this album. A lot of the big headline entertainment, you know, gossip stuff in Taylor Swift's life happened during this album. Uh, I almost look at Speak Now as almost like a letter to address certain things that happened in her life. And, you know, the fans, they, they look through the lyrics, they study them out. Taylor Swift actually never confirms what her songs are about. I mean, here's what I like about Dear John. So there is much speculation that this song is about the rock musician John Mayer, who she dated. By the way, I like John Mayer. So this is not a John Mayer hate. Uh, I'm not going to dive into who's wrong, who's right in these relationships, but I will mention just some of the references in this song about John Mayer. I mean, one, it's called Dear John. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) she wasn't trying to be cryptic. (laughs) <laughs> you know at the start of the song it almost sounds like a john mayer song the little guitar swing yes it's like she doesn't do that in any other song and then this one she does i i actually have a quote to share about this song though swift had never confirmed that this was about john mayer john mayer <laughs> was very upset about it he said it made him feel terrible he said i didn't deserve it and i'm pretty good at taking accountability now and i never did anything to deserve that was a really lousy thing for her to do. So, I just, I think that's hilarious what she did. Uh-huh. Also, Dear John is like a tear jerk song. You listen to it, you're just like, woo, you really feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, just some other standouts. I, I really like Innocent from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's a, I believe referencing Kanye West coming on stage and say, "I'm really, I'm really happy for you. I'm really excited." But Beyonce had one of the best albums of all time. Man, he has always been crazy, hasn't he? I just that's an unbelievable one, and yeah, and that's something that I like about Taylor Swift as well. Um, and one of the reasons why I like Ed Sheeran is being able to speak to you know some of these experience and doing it in a poetic musical way, super impressive and, and is a powerful way of getting her point across. <laughs> yeah. And then for everyone to remember her point for forever after and getting paid for making her point. <laughs> Which brings me to that song mean. That's probably one of her most well-known albums on this song. Uh, I love this song. It's like kind of like the, I'm going to prove people wrong. Uh, I like the idea, just like, this is 2010, and she's, like, taking aim at her critics. Now look at her 11 years later. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty bold what she did there. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, uh, I like Enchanted a lot, too. Um, Enchanted's good. I'm on TikTok. That song's been trending. It's like, <laughs> please don't fall with one. Wait, please don't fall in love with someone else. Yeah. I'm going to be straight with everyone. Probably a few days ago, I was blasting that song in my car like I was a 16-year-old girl just dealing with relationship problems. And I'm a happy married man. But there's with just a some- kid. Yes, with a kid. But there's just something about some songs. But I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love Speak Now. It's interesting you have it at two. I can, I can respect that. I can super respect that. I'm not going to be mad at it one, though, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many... I mean, we could keep going on this album. Back to December is another classic. I believe that one's referencing Taylor Lautner? I think so. I think so. Which is actually a pretty rare moment where she sings a song about a previous boyfriend in a positive manner. Uh Uh-huh. So, kudos to Taylor Lautner. It's hard to get mad at Shark Boy. Um, at Jacob, <laughs> right? So that's awesome. 
<laughs> or the uh, guy on Cheaper by the Dozen too. Oh yeah. I think his name's Jake in that too. Which oh. man, maybe he just couldn't handle having so many different names. <laughs> He's like just trying to keep it consistent. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah, nothing else I guess I have to say about this. We could we could make a probably a whole podcast going through each and every single one, but Yeah. It's very good. Well we both like speak now. Again. Number I have one, number two. Number one, number two. I think that's pretty united there. Uh what's what what do we got next? So next album we have is Red. Very uh, popular right now. Very extremely popular right now with the re-release. Came out in 2012. So this was my junior year in high school. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Well, let's see. Or was it senior year? When did it come out? So this was my senior year. So I have read, and I had a hard time with... Oh, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Um, I had a hard time place this because i could easily make arguments for doing this but i have it at my number two. Oh wow number two for me yep so i have it at my number five so this is out of nine so i i think it's a very solid album uh it's actually moved up for me a little bit uh with the re-release uh i mean the re-release poor poor jake gyllenhaal huh a 10 minute song. Yeah, I, I, I feel for Jake Gyllenhaal. I feel for him. And, and, uh, but once again, Savage Lines, uh, very, very, very <laughs> hilarious and good. Uh, by the way, the 10 minute version is great. Uh, not a lot of people can pull off 10 minute songs. Uh, you know what? American Pie <laughs> is one. Free Bird by Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. Uh, this what I did just see on Twitter that this is the best, the number first time a number. Uh, how do I say this record? Number one ranked song for the longest song ever. It beat American Pie. Oh, cool! So I didn't know that. Originally, it was cut down because you know the idea of releasing a ten-minute song is just crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Rolling Stone yeah. has this on their 500 greatest albums of all time, which is great. I think Rolling Stone lists are stupid, but <laughs> you agree with that one? Yeah, I agree. Ah, uh, f- 500 greatest albums of all time. That it. That's a tough list to make. But it's a tough list. I agree. Uh, some highlighted songs on there. You know, we are never getting back together. For me, for me, why it's number two. Is simply for the reason for I knew you were trouble. Twenty two, we are never getting back together. Those mm-hmm. are probably the three, three best songs she's ever made. I just I can remember just going to dances and bumping out, and and I have an emotional tie to that, and so I get that, and so that's why I rank it so high. Um, there's still obviously other good songs on there. All too well, I almost do. Everything has changed, which are very good. And mm-hmm. so that's why for me I couldn't put it number one. It's just for and there's other good ones. I mean, Treacherous is is very good as well. Um, what was another one I, I liked as well? Starlight, good. Mm-hmm. Um, but for it not the whole album is just made you anyone. It's not like I'm trying to skip ones. That's why I, I couldn't put it at one. But for those three alone, it was. And, and sometimes I even wonder, like it's almost for me. And this kind of gets into the next one, 1989 and Red. I feel like for me, I could argue either one of those to be number two. Um, but with just those three songs alone, I'm happy to put it at number two for me. I really like duets, you know, male and female duets. Oh. So uh, this album has two of them I really like. Uh, Everything Has Changed by now mega superstar Ed Sheeran. Yep. Which, by the way, you know, for those who like to compare the new version to the old version... If you give a most improved award song, I think everything it's changed is the most improved song in the re-release. Cool. I, I really like it. Uh, and then I really like the last time. Uh, uh, what's his name? He sings it with her, but I think Taylor Swift does really well in duets. Uh, so I really like that song too. Um, mm-hmm. 
Let's red one album of the year. Yeah. Um, there's 30 songs on the re-release, <laughs> so that's definitely one that's going to take a lot of time to re-listen to the, for the new fans. But you know, I think people will be pretty happy to have all that extra content. Yeah, that's true. Your Swifties will love that. All right. So you had it at number five. Yes. Wow. So, and again, to touch on the genres, uh, is it fair to say this one's still country, but it's a little bit more hybrid oh. with pop now? Yeah, it's more poppy than country. Still a little twang. Not fully <laughs> gone from country. <laughs> Not yet. She's getting there. She's getting there. Well, uh, the next album is 1989. I have 1989 at three. Oh my goodness. Where is your number one album? So I have it also at three. Um, I put it there, but I would be more than happy to put it at number two um, as well. Best selling album she's ever had. Definitely the best um, radio album, right? I mean, just yeah, that hit too. after hit uh, after hit. Right, just right. And that's anthems. Where just welcome to New York, blank space, style, shake it off, bad blood, wildest dreams. Um, just those, I mean, how many is that? Five, six songs that just dominated the radio, which is yeah. her own Shake it off, album. New Romantics, jeez. Oh, couldn't believe it. And then you have even other other ones, Out of the Woods, I, I Wish You Would, How You Get the Girl. Um, and I even like, you know, I, I Know Places. Yeah, me too. Which is almost like a sneak peek to the Reputation album, I felt like. Um, and so was a little bit of Blood Blood, but I mean, phenomenal album. I, I just, I don't know. I hold, I knew you were trouble, 22, and we are never getting back together. You're so high, like in value, even though there was just all of those, just bam, 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 with 1989. So that's why for me, I had a hard time of putting it in between, or, you know, uh, should it be second or third? I love that album. I have it at three, which is really great. Um, mm -hmm. What maybe keeps it away from one, I don't know, sometimes radio songs for me just kind of lose its magic a little bit just because they're played so much. Uh, you know, every single party you go to, Bad Blood Plays, you know, Blank Space, Shake It Off, which are awesome songs, don't get me wrong. Uh, my favorite song of all time by Taylor Swift on this album, actually. Which one? Wildest Dreams. It's a good one. It's like yeah. a ballad. <laughs> it's a fun fact. The beat in that song is her heartbeat. That's wild. I didn't know that. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, last person to do that in a song well, that's known to have done it was Michael Jackson in Smooth Criminal. Mm. So I... Yeah, 1989, I mean, it's probably the best hit song, most marketable album that you'll find. This is when she goes all in on pop, too. Like, there's not a hint yeah. of, there's no hint of country that she is a pop star now. Mm -hmm. uh, which kind of interesting for me. So this album came out, so I was serving a, I've mentioned it a little bit last time, I was serving a two-year mission where, you know, we're not really listening to pop music. So when I came home, and all of a sudden, like, Taylor Swift has these pop songs, it was kind of like, whoa. Yeah. Like, I didn't know she had that in her. Uh, if we're talking about a peak, I mean, could you say this might be, like, Taylor Swift's peak, or when she this, hit her peak? This is her peak. Yeah. This is it. And and the sales and the impact and the influence shows that. Mm-hmm. You know, so... This is, this seems to be her peak, and and after this, you you see you're seeing a drop off. Like if you took a poll, this probably comes out number one, right? Yeah, and that's why, like you know, in between Speak Now, Red, and eighty nine, like if anyone said those were their number one, I'd be like, yeah, you're totally right. And so, like I said, for me, why I have it at three, right? And obviously, like I said, it could easily be number two. There's more songs on there that are more like that I like than that's on Red. Mm -hmm. um, so we both have it at there's, three there's just those three songs yeah we both agree on that one but yeah absolutely her peak quality of songs diversity massive impact and sales like which are some of my big criteria 
just off the charts on each one of those. Here's something to get Swifties mad. I think Bad Blood's overrated. <laughs> my, so my wife said the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, she's like, she's like oh, I don't really like it. I love it. I love Bad Blood. I don't hate it. It's just kind of... I can understand it's overrated. It's, a little, it's just a little cheesy, mm-hmm. uh, which is ironic because uh, now people are going to have Bad Blood with me. So Yeah, they will. It's cool, though. I'm just going to shake it off. Come clean. You know, I know places to keep me safe. I got style. Uh, we're just going to start from a blank space, everyone. So I think <laughs> one thing about, about <laughs> blank space as well that I really like is in music, I really like the subtleties. Um, so for her, when she says, I'll write your name and you hear the pen click and there's that little pause there and you hear that pen click, I just like, I get chills. It's like, oh, that's so clever and insightful. I love that like stylistic addition. Now, did you think she was saying, tell all my Starbucks lovers? <laughs> I thought she was saying Starbucks lovers at first. Instead of Starcrossed? Yeah. <laughs> I never heard Starbucks. I, I, I tell you, everyone, you go listen to that song and you hear, you're going to hear Starbucks lovers and I ruined that song uh, for you. My, that's awful. All right. Well, I think I've hurt my reputation after my comments on Bad Blood, but <laughs> let's move on to the next one. Uh, this one is int- maybe her most daring controversial album is oh, Reputation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like her, you know, I'm going dark for albums. Uh, I have it at number four. Wow. Four? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I have it at six. Okay. Six for me. Um, I think... So, I mean, some of the songs that I especially love on Reputation, Endgame is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Oh, yeah. With Ed Sheeran and Future. Um, ready for it. Look at what you made me do. Uh, Getaway, Car, Delicate are some of my favorite. Um, I just... She really went for it with a new sound and uh, a new process and new, even new genre. And little R and B. She did extremely well. Oh, I was so impressed, and so I, I was just like, I, this is where I started to like, you know, get on my hands and knees and just kind of praise, you know, like, yes, yeah. wow, that unbelievably impressive, totally outside of her wheelhouse unprecedented i don't think anyone would be like yeah there's no way that she could do it and i felt like she completely pulled it off because she's kind of like this like peppy happy girl with the drama and this was kind of more like not her tone is that fair it was vengeful it was sad well she's savage but even this is in like a a darker yeah uh, even way and and uh yeah i just I, I'm still blown away by it. I, I I love that one. So I put it at I put it at six um, because there's still I mean, there's a I have those those ones I like and those are the only ones I like of the album. Mm-hmm. No, of the ones I mentioned. Here's this album's weird for me. It's like it's almost like two different albums for me. For I, number four. <laughs> What's well, like like half of the songs I just love and then some of them I just hate. It is polarizing. And and that was, I think, yeah. the whole kind of idea and pitch of her album yeah. was that it, it was going to be polarizing. Like, I hate Look What You Made Me Do. I get that. It's like, but I love Getaway Car. Mm-hmm. New Year's Day is awesome. She kind of just takes a step back, you know, gets on the piano. Uh, I actually remember when she performed that song live, she was in her house in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And she invited a bunch of fans to come there to her house. By the way, one thing I really like about Taylor Swift is she cares about her fans. She does. It's not. It's not fake either. She genuinely cares about them. Yeah, she absolutely does. I, I love being able to see like someone on like Twitter will say like Taylor Swift, I'm getting married. Can you? I loved you forever. Can you come perform my wedding? And she'll she'll go mm-hmm. and she'll do it. And so it's it's a really cool. I really like business as a marketing tactic. Would seem 
like it wouldn't make sense, but it's those like obscure ideas like that, that just works so well with her. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love her for that as well. And I think uh, another cool thing that's about this album and you kind of see is that Taylor will follow the kind of the feelings and experiences and the political environments and the things that are going on in the lives of her fans, just like you said, and knows them so well that you'll see kind of these, these experiences with that. And so I think this is another cool way of, of showing that where, you know, maybe she was going through this more vengeful, you know, time and came up with these amazing, amazing songs. Two things I'll add to about reputation before we finish this one. Uh, I'd say this is where she kind of got into the more adult side of her albums too. Uh, you know, there's a little bit more, you know, sex references, you know, drinking references. Yep. Uh, I also think this is the album that kind of invited a newer audience. Uh, this yes. is when I started paying more attention to her. Again, like, it's kind of like this, like, toxic masculinity with, like, some female artists where it's like, I'm a man, I'm too cool to listen to Taylor Swift mm-hmm. originally. It's like, oh, that's for teenage girls. Uh, this album comes out. You're like, okay, I actually kind of dig this uh, this music. Let me learn more about her. And then I go back to her older albums. I'm like, she's legit. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing I will say. It's almost like, st- still to this day, I tell people Taylor Swift's one of my top 10 favorite artists of all time. And they kind of like look at me like I gave up a man card or something. <laughs> not at all. I'm, I also yeah. buy you and, and petition that as well. And I think they're, they're not looking at it as objectively as they could because i mean she's one of the most talented artists ever to grace this earth and but yeah i think just like you're saying is like some of these older ones where she was targeting that target niche like we talked about which were Mm -hmm. young young girls and and those young girls are growing up and so now they're experiencing you know more sex and drinking and and stuff like that than they were when they were in middle school or in high school right yeah it's like she's grows with her original fans right right so all right well we love taylor swift albums let's move on to lover Mm -hmm. where do you have lover at seven okay i have it at six so pretty pretty close Mm -hmm. so i have it at seven there are a few songs that I like. So I like London Boy. I like I Think He Knows. Very catchy. Really like that one a lot. Uh, Me with Brandon Urie. Very good radio song. Um, and then I, I liked Lover, but I liked it more for Sean Mendez than I did Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but the duet's way fun. To put it. Right? So the duet's really fun. Um, I know you like duets, and so I liked... Yep. The two songs that had the duets. I remember when Lover came out, pretty recent. She said she released so many things, you forget it's actually wasn't even that long ago. She released Lover, and it's just 2019, August 2019. But it seems like forever because she's released so much after. Uh, when I heard Lover, my first thought was like Taylor Swift's happy. <laughs> like it's not as much drama. Uh huh. She's in. There's a lot of songs referencing that she's in love with, you know, a person she's been with for a while. Uh, uh-huh. Taylor Swift fans are going to get mad. I'm going to butcher his name. Joe? Yeah, it's Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's been dating Joe for like three years. Sorry. I, I, I There's a lot of names she's got. But uh, actually, in one of the music videos, another big thing is uh, there has been a Taylor Swift, Katy Perry beef for a while. Right. Uh Katy Perry is actually in one of these music videos uh, and you need to calm down. So it's kind of like this. Uh, it's like Taylor Swift. It's kind of like her dark side album before. And then this is like kind of her bright, happy light side album. Like I'm letting go of the past. I'm in love. I'm letting go of, you know, old beasts like with Katy Perry. Yeah. So that's one way I kind of see this album. Yeah, she like st- extended an olive branch to Katy Perry. It is very lovey and light, and um, I mean, her 
her album showing uh, at least the album cover of her just being in this pink cloud, like I think gives a, a good sense of that. Um, some songs obviously in there kind of like to target the political environment, um, I think, which is respectable. Like, I think this is a, a cool way to share those feelings and ideas like the man, for example. Um, yeah. I, I, definitely one of her more political albums, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. And she's very vocal, like you said, with the political community and, and, sure. and, and these different political movements. And um, I think it's cool to use your platform in that ways to express and convey those ideas. So, so I think just thinking of, for, of it, just from a song standpoint, why I have it solo at number seven um, is just, I, I just didn't like a lot of the songs outside the ones I mentioned. Yeah. I feel you know? the same way. There's a lot of songs I kind of just skip. It just kind of, Mm-hmm. They, just, they just don't do it for me yeah yeah i i feel this i feel the same way sales weren't super good for this one or the other two that are coming up and so this is where you kind of see a heavy dip off after 1989 yeah they people kind of joke uh, now that taylor Swift's happy she can't write as good music but <laughs> you see yeah, and that, i disagree and that was... greatly <laughs> i can get that all right. Well, shall we move on? Yes. Uh, the next one is a surprise album, by the way. Folklore, July 24th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Folklore at number one. Let's go. Let's go. Number one. Woo. Oh yeah, I'm feeling hot, and I love it. I love it. Uh, so this this will be fun. Um, don't tell me I have it. I have it at number nine. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> this is. <laughs> I was I was really hoping. I'm walking out right now. This I, is I was, over. I was I was really hoping you wouldn't put folklore at one. Oh my uh, gosh! You are gonna have there. I can hear the pitchforks and torches <laughs> being lit in Utah right now. They're coming. Uh, they're coming for you. They're yeah. upset. Yeah, my wife's sisters are gonna come after me for sure. Wow. Well, this will be. Oh, this is. So I I I have a few things to say. I don't have much to say. Um. I feel like folklore is kind of like the drive from Las Vegas to Southern California. It's slow. It's the same. It's sad. <laughs> it's just, it's just the same. The whole drive there. I feel like I've tried shuffling through her album. And for some reason, I thought it was like stuck on the same song or it was on replay, but I was like, Oh, it's just. All the songs sounded identical. You sure you're not talking about Evermore? Uh, nope. All right, okay. Because <laughs> there's two songs I like on Evermore. Okay. Which is not what I can say for Folklore. I don't like any of them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I look at Folklore. The first five songs are killer. The One, Cardigan, The Last Great American Dynasty, Exile, featuring Bon Iver, and My Tears Ricochet. Uh, I'll, I'll give a little paint a picture and perspective about this album, too. Yes, please do. Uh, usually albums, they kind of have a hype and build up, right? So keep, keep in mind where we were at in 2020. You know, this is when COVID was going, July. Taylor Swift literally announced hours before to her fans, Hey, I'm releasing a full album. <laughs> like... Isn't that a great, just like, kind of like a nice pick-me-up during COVID? Uh, so here, I don't, I know I made a big fuss about you putting it nine. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I think your first listen on this album, it's definitely underwhelming. If it's, if you're going to, if you're going to make a, an argument that it's an acquired taste. Yes that's for me why another reason why it would be at the bottom of my list. Like if I have to keep listening into it and overcome this 
curve and, and then like, oh, okay, you know, I like it. And it's like, ah, oh, that's, it's not music for me. I guess that's why I do like it. It's I can respect that. It's just like, okay, so if we, if we did this podcast a week after Folklore came out and you told me to rank it, I probably would have put it at like eight or seven. Dead serious. Okay. What you brought up is completely, at first, it, they all sound very similar songs. By the way, worth mentioning, this is another shift in her genre, by the way. It is. A major shift. This is like, it's almost kind of indie rock, mm-hmm. you know, singer-songwriter, uh, you know, easygoing. Uh, I feel like this album is where Taylor Swift is just flexing what she's really good at, is songwriting. And just picking up a guitar or piano and just diving in and writing a song. Yes. It makes me want to like... The imagery in some of these songs makes me want to curl up by a fire and just listen. Uh, I will tell you, this song is really good with headphones on. You will notice like very subtle sounds and different tones and pitches of of her voice with headphones on. Uh it's just the most soothing album for me. I just yeah. uh, another thing worth mentioning. This is her first, I guess, non-narrative album, which is maybe another reason some people don't like it. Uh, she's speaking in third person for a lot of the songs. So, like you know, Cardigan, Mirrorball, Seven August, This Is Me Trying. Uh, those aren't her experiences. She's speaking about a fictional story now. So that's one shift in what she's done as well. Yeah. And, and I think that was one thing that was disappointing. Or well, and I recognized as well. So I don't want to say like, oh, it was like, this is bad lyrics and stuff. Like, it was amazing mm-hmm. songwriting. And I just felt like she just took the songwriting or she had a set thing. And like, my feeling of it initially was like, oh, she just didn't really work on the music part. She only, like, she just had a bunch of lyrics. And she basically put music just to tell the story. And so if you... If I looked at it at that view, it'd be fine. But if I'm looking at it as like a music, I'm also not a big fan of indie. It's okay. Neither am I, honestly, but... It's okay. Yeah. I, For me, it just didn't do it for me. And and I, I've had people like, ah, oh, it, it's more of an acquired taste. You have to just keep listening to it. And for me, I'm like, I want me to be able to, when I listen to music, it's easy. I can just enjoy it. And I can bop to it. And I can sing to it. And I can dance to it. And so for me, this was a huge whiff for me personally i don't know why music does that to me like some music just like it's just kind of like one day it just hits me like this is really good Mm -hmm. uh worth mentioning this is the top selling album of 2020 and it did win album of the year which is her third album of the year award super impressive uh yeah i feel like okay is it fair to say this is kind of like a love hate album like you either love it it's like um, one of your top three albums or you just, it's just not for you. So I, I feel like my feeling on it is, is that like the diehard Taylor Swift fans will love everything that comes out from her. Did like, I, no did, matter what. did you just call me a diehard Taylor Swift fan? I, I think this I like is an album that describes you as a diehard one. Um, but I think there's even Taylor Swift fans that didn't necessarily really like this album. I think another reason with 2020 is a lot of people were not making music. It was a real big lull in the music industry. Sure. So for him to win, for her to win um, album of the year, I think spoke a lot more to her fan base loyalty than it did to the quality of the album. It's fair. And, and it's what else was in competition during that time as well. That's kind of my feeling on it. I guess I see it 10 years from now, 20 years from now. This is kind of like the COVID album. It, in a way, it's kind of the... Yeah, I mean, she was the one that... I mean, yeah, she came out last minute. I think a lot of her labels were like, hey, come out with it this year. And they were like, hey, we should hold on. And she's like, you know what? No, I'm just going to release it anyway. This is for my fans. It's been a sucky year, which I think is awesome. Once again, her thinking about her fans and, and giving them something to, to to go about. But that was kind of my feeling. With that. Sure. A lot of people held back because it's a, a monetary you know, view. So. Well, that's why we love these podcasts. I got it at one and you got it at nine. That's that's wow. that's the fun of this, right? So much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that gives you an idea, I guess my feelings and reasonings behind I guess why I have that. But Yeah, a lot of the points you made, uh I'm 
basically going to highlight for her next album, which is considered a sister album, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, Evermore. Mm-hmm. Uh, another surprise album. Uh, so I feel like it's everything about folklore, but everything it it's similar tone of folklore, but I just the songs for me just don't just don't hit for some reason. Maybe in five years they will, but I even listened to this album yesterday just to just to double check. I was like, maybe I'll have like a folklore moment with it. But I don't know. I just it's so just, what did you it's just, what did you rate it? I put it at seven. Okay. Um, I have it. I have it at eight. Okay, I still really like the kind of soft tone, the singer songwriter, really her flexing her skills. But mm-hmm. it's probably the hardest album for me to talk about. It's just kind of, you know. Yeah, I can understand that. So two songs I really like with it: Willow, very good. Evermore, yes. very good. But but that's it, and and I felt like just like you said, with it being a sister album, I still felt there were, there was still a lot of the that sameness, and so for me, like you said, one of my criteria for like oh how great is the album is this diversity, right? That I'm getting the album and it's from the same person, but I'm getting different stuff, yes, different things, and and uh, so for me, once again, it's that sameness, and and there's people who like that, right? And I felt like the same same way with folklore. Um, and even a little bit of lover is that it was that same, I guess, kind of tone and feeling and pace, but like a, a little bit of, I guess, writing there. So that's why for me, I, I kind of put it at, at mm-hmm. eight. similar reasons to, to folklore. And that's why they're together. But really, there's two songs I like from it. So that's why I put it higher than folklore. Sure. I really like champagne problems too. Very good song. Kind of reminds me of new year's day. My wife really likes champagne problems. Oh, good! You finished that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess my last point with this album is just uh, all her albums are so different. So this That's true. this is kind of it's almost like I feel like this is a bonus track version of folklore, and there's a lot of stuff I like about folklore, but it just kind of feels like some extra stuff. That she did. Uh, yeah, I think most people would agree. Oh, I don't know. You yeah, don't, you I'm don't like, you, you don't like folklore. So I, ah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all I, good. Uh, it's cool. Maybe I have to listen to the album five more times and be like, you know, it doesn't taste so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a, it's giving me some hope or a shot again, but it is what it is, but I think we've hit all nine albums now. All nine albums. And, and well, this is another issue I had with Evermore, Folklore and Lover is it's it like sold the same amount of albums as the Christmas album. Is it fair it's to like, say albums aren't as like the sales of them over time? It's just becoming less and less, you know, prevalent. I mean, that's why, I mean, I wonder, you know, like, especially with the streaming services, Spotify, um, I, I I guess I could see that. I could see that argument and idea. So here's like some commercial performance. It opened with 80.6 million global streams, which is a Guinness World Record for an opening day. The song mm-hmm. Spotify had 7.7 million plays. It's the biggest first day for a song by a female artist. And then it broke the Apple Music record for most streamed pop album in a day. Oh, wow. So that's why I kind of see it. The I, I don't even know how they... Who buys an album still? Are they... I, I don't know what... I, that's one thing where I, I wonder where it counts and stuff like that. And that's where I was kind of um, showed that. But it did show a mix of like downloads as well. But are like people not downloading the whole album? Which is I think is also an issue. What's like... Do people just... They do, I just feel like people will do Apple Music or Spotify now. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're both on there for our podcast. So please download yeah. and subscribe. 
<laughs> yeah, so I think that's fair as well um, as an as an assessment. So maybe well, that's just not going to be a, a, a something that holds place for records in the in the future. Yeah, that's true. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, so, how about you give us a recap of your nine? Okay. Um, so at number nine, folklore eight, Evermore seven, Lover Reputation six. Uh, Taylor Swift 5, Fearless 4, 1989 3, Red 2, Speak Now, and number 1. And then I have Taylor Swift 9, Fearless 8, Evermore 7, Lover 6, Red 5, Reputation 4, 1989 3, Speak Now 2, and Folklore 1. So I guess where we end here is uh, what's next for Taylor Swift? Yeah, I was wondering, you know, should we do like a, what, what's our top 10 favorite Taylor Swift songs? I think that could, that could be kind of fun if people are interested in hearing it. Sure. I'll, I will just run down mine. I think I kind of touched on them. Uh, so I have Innocent at 10, Dear John at 9, Exile at 8, 7 Cardigan, 6 Lover, 5 New Year's Day, 4 Getaway Car, um, oh, my list kind of got messed up here. Uh, three is cheating. My wife said this is cheating, but I love her cover "Drops of Jupiter" by Train. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's like my favorite song ever, and I love, love, love her cover of it. Uh huh. And then I have "Mean" and "Wildest Dreams." Love that. I don't think I have like totally written out my top ten for her. I'd have to take t- some time to do that. Yeah, that's kind of a you know rough draft there. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah, I think one thing my my wife was like, well, I really like Renegade from her new album. I was like, well, yeah, it's not her. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Well, uh, I think what we're going to see in the future is uh, she's going to continue to re-release her albums, uh, which is also pretty, uh, I guess, unprecedented. She's basically trying to get the ownership rights of her songs so she can do what she wants of them. Right. I think with the split, I think there were some that she wanted to release that maybe the label said no, for example, and mm-hmm. so, which I think is cool. Yeah. Rumors are 1989 is the next re-release. So, Yeah. I think she'll do her big albums that when she was in there, but I don't know if she'll like re-release mm-hmm. Folklore Evermore. Because I think she owned those ones already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see Taylor Swift, her first album re-released, combined with her new vocals. Yeah, but and then as far as her as new content goes, uh, all her re-releases have new content. Uh, obviously, she's not shy at releasing surprise albums, as we've learned. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she's got a few Christmas songs, a few random releases from movies, but uh, Taylor Swift, she's one of the goats. Oh, one of the best ever. But uh, like I said, we may touch on Taylor Swift again in the future. Uh, there's different angles we can go about this, taking you know a deeper dive with the songs. And uh, you know, Swifties, please share with us what you think of our rank. Uh, yeah, like is is Keegan crazy? I, one. <laughs> I, or is Hunter crazy? Vocal art nine. <laughs> it, you know it's. It, we're setting up. What side are you on? Are you team anti folklore or pro folklore? But again, thanks for everyone subscribing. Uh, from our last two episodes, we've had you know a lot of people subscribe so far and listen. Uh, please share this with people. Share lists. Uh, you know, soon we're going to be having guests come on. But uh, you know, we got a we got a pretty good uh schedule coming up. Uh. You want to tease them what we got going on next week, Hunter? So this next week, we're going to be doing a top 10 greatest Christmas movies of all time. And mm. I already know what my number one is. Undisputed. It will never be touched, ever. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to evaluate my list, but I will tell you there is a Hallmark movie in there. You know, one of those really, really sappy, cheesy ones. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I guess you'll have to wait till the next episode to find out what it is. But uh, 
I've already watched it this year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's almost, it's embarrassing because it's so cheesy, but I, I, I just eat it up. I have no idea why. It's a guilty pleasure. So, uh, I love it. I can respect that. I think we'll have all three of us next week too again. So that will be fun. It'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, please subscribe. Uh, Glad Hunter is back with us. We'll talk to you next time. This is The Socialist.